0: And welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. <laughs> Thank you. Very good. How are we all? Everyone getting their fill of football at the moment was preparing my heart for the service this morning and last night, and I glanced online to see what the score was, and the game was that good. I had to take a sabbatical from the message prep to watch the last quarter of one of the games, And uh, but I put in the extra effort afterwards. So, uh, praise God, we can do football and church. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, you know, what. So many people serve in and around this place, uh, and it, it, it's it's a um, you know it's a bit of a machine that kind of happens, and you don't really see a lot of the things that that uh, go on behind the scenes. But uh, what we've got a we've got a beautiful lady who sits on the front row every week named Kerry Jensen, and uh, let's give her a hand for the last decade. Uh, Kerry's been not quite a decade. Kerry's been doing the books, and uh, and you know what an amazing work she's done. And you know we don't you know churches don't have big turnovers, but they're as intricate as a multinational when it comes to you know keeping transparent and accountable for every dollar that gets spent in this place. And Kerry has has been diligent every step of the way. And uh, we've had some you know Kerry and I in the early days we walked through some tough times bringing bringing clarity and transparency to the bookkeeping and uh, so it's been an honour working with you Kerry but unfortunately Kerry is leaving us and uh, and uh, she's not leaving the church, she's leaving that role because she's she's um, now a CEO of a new company that she's uh, that she has uh, taken on which is another great blessing but uh, we just wanted to honour Kerry this morning, we've got a bunch of flowers for her and uh, why don't we all stand up and honour a mighty woman of God. Who knows, you, you can't do what you do without those people behind the scenes that, that create a platform for you to walk in uh, without worrying about things. I don't have to worry about, um, about you know, th- those, those I's getting dotted, and those T's getting crossed and those decimal points being in the right place because people like Kerry have been so diligent. And, uh, and every time Kerry and I and Rach have a challenge, we go to our senior executive, Wayne Jensen, who, uh, who, who knows everything. And uh, he solves our problems from that point on. So thank you, Kerry. We'll miss you. Uh, why don't you turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. You know, not so long ago, uh, I, I had the privilege of climbing uh, Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania with, with, uh, with our uh, young families leader, Ben Madden-Holmes and Tyson Pardon. I see his, his uh, wife and son are here today and, and another guy by the name of Sam and uh, what an amazing trip it was. It took us eight days to get up and down and uh, it was it was quite tough, let me tell you, on the, especially on the last day. You know, you get you get to about once you get past about three and a half thousand metres above sea level, the the altitude begins to affect you. And what happens is your brain begins to swell, and uh, it's one time in life that you're that you're quite uh, content to have smaller brain than the other guys. And because your brain begins to swell, and you gain, you get nauseous, you get headaches, and and a plethora of other. Um, things that happen to your body that you've got to process as you keep walking. And, and the last day, you walk from around 4,000 metres to around 6,000 metres above sea level. So you take the biggest hit of all. and uh, So you go to sleep early that day, that night, and then you, they wake you up at around 11.30 and midnight, you start walking uh, in the middle of the night so that when you get to the top, you arrive at sunrise and you can stand on the top of Africa and watch the sun come up over the plains. And it's a magnificent experience. Well, it would be a magnificent experience if you weren't nauseous and sick and and had headaches and uh, and, uh, trauma all the way up to the top. Now, out of the four of us, some of us uh, found the altitude affected us differently to others. Some of us struggled more. Uh, than the others. And, you know, interesting, the other interesting thing was not only was there altitude sickness, but when we got out of bed that night, it was around minus eight degrees. And then when we got to the top, it was around minus 20 degrees with wind chill as well. So it was, it was a horrific condition. So you got to the top and you, you know, I think I've got a photo, one of the photos there of, of me sitting on the side of the hill there, looking very mountainous. And, uh, and then there's another one of our campsite. And uh, then there, there might, I think there might be one of uh, near the summit there somewhere. And uh, that's what. It, oh, sorry. That's just after we summited, and then there's a picture of us uh, at the summit. It's a photo next to the. Um, now at this point it's minus 20 degrees, and my camera, which is rated at zero degrees, just shut down. Finished working, so I'm up there with gloves and hand warmers and, and wind chill, and I had to take all of it off. And I pulled the battery out, I pulled the card out, I pulled everything I could out, and then put it back together. And it just came to life for a minute. And I threw it to one of the guides, and he just went click, 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 and got, you know, a very blurry photo that I love. Like. Who knows? Sometimes it's not always about the quality of the photo. Sometimes it's just about the what the photo says about um, about what you've achieved. Now, can you tell which one of those guys or which, or how many of those guys suffered with altitude more than the others? All you can tell from that photo is that every one of those guys summited that day. See, we're talking about perseverance at the moment. And history does not, you know, it does not respect you know, how you felt along the way. It respects whether you arrived at the summit or not. You see, sometimes, um, sometimes, you know, when we're walking through the challenges of life, you know, we, we have to persevere things and sometimes two people can be walking through the same challenge and one perseverance for one is harder than the perseverance for the other. Yet at the end of the day, they both arrive and they both summit together. You see, the majority of the things that that we face in life are internal and people do not know about them. In Romans chapter 5, we'll talk about how the Bible talks about suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character. And then character produces hope. And here's the beautiful thing about hope. It says, hope never disappoints. You know the old saying, where there is hope... There is love. And the beauty beauty of persevering and gaining character and having hope is that from that point on, you actually get to help other people persevere. It's interesting looking at these three, three little children this morning that we dedicated to the Lord. What does it mean to dedicate a child to the Lord? Does it mean that we that we we have a ceremony and we ask the Lord for protection, or is it really us promising that we will prepare these children for an adventure with God? So you can dedicate you can you can dedicate someone, but really what you are doing is you're dedicating yourself to preparing them. You see. When God created these kids, he created them to do great exploits. He created them first and foremost to know him. I love what um, Daniel says. I think it's in Daniel 11. He says, those who know the Lord will do great and mighty exploits. So as as we introduce them to the Lord, as we give them confidence in him, as we show them ways that they can do different things in life, they'll have an adventurous life. The question is, do you, want, do you want your children to raise, to be raised you know, healthy and protected and, and never break a bone and, and all these things? Or do you want them to be adventurous with God? You know, I broke my first bone when I was 39 years old. How embarrassing is that? I say to Ben when he runs the youth, I say, it's not a good year unless a few kids have broken bones at youth group that year. Just kidding. But yeah, I did say that. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with raising adventurers. Here's is that you cannot give what you do not have. You cannot give what you do not have. So you can you can raise, you know, you can learn every parenting leadership technique there is on the planet, but unless you have a heart for it, then you are not going to pass that on to your children. So the thing is we need to we need to be people that are engaged with God who are on a journey with God who are taking risks with God so that when we when we speak life when we talk talk to our children about the things of God and the ways that they can do great things we ourselves have that same heart It is there's an old saying that that says you know who you are screams so loudly I cannot hear what you say do you have a heart of adventure with God? Do you have a heart to take spiritual risks? Here's, here's, the, here's the question. How do you know if something's an adventure? How do you know if you're on an adventure? Kristen and I, we every now and then we will duck over to Hawaii, and let me tell you, you know, it's no adventure. It's a lot of lying down and a lot of eating and a lot of swelling in certain areas of the body, because it's not an adventure. Here's what, here's how I know because it requires very little preparation and very little risk. The greater the adventure, the adventure, the greater the preparation and the greater the risk, and the, and and those two work hand in hand. You know, you know, you can be a risk taker, but if you don't prepare, then your risk is probably going to take you in a direction that's going to hurt you. But if you are, if you if you want to do great things with God in life and you want your children to do great things with God in life, then you need to prepare them well, but before that you need to prepare yourself well for the risks that are coming. You see, the call of God for us is to be faithfully present in the world that we live. Be faithfully present in the world that we live. If we're not present in the world in Jesus' name, then we are not on an adventure with God. But being faithfully present requires you to have a heart that's prepared. It requires you to to stretch and grow yourself. Because if you're not prepared for the environment that you walk into, then the environment is going to dominate you. You're not going to dominate the environment. And I think we, we fear for the children that we raise up in the church and we fear for our own children and for, for even for ourselves because we are not prepared for the call of God that is on our lives. And the call of God and the adventure of God can be a many different things. We've got twenty two people doing a speak up course every Tuesday night. Let me tell you, that's an adventure for trust me. Learning you know, breaking through those fear barriers in public speaking is an adventure for people. And that you know, the course Is then preparing. It's not about the course. The course is preparation for something greater. The greater the perseverance, the greater the character, the greater the hope that's on the other side of it. You know, there's four guys who summited that day, and and the guys who struggled with 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 um, the altitude the most and persevered. Those guys, it took more character. It took more character to put one foot in front of the other, other and walk up that hill. And I guarantee you that they now have a have a greater confidence. They have a greater hope that whatever they face, they can face well because they they have persevered before and they know what they're capable of. They know that they can do great things. So our parenting and our leadership and our, any influence in life is simply an extension of, of our heart's values. What is your heart set on? What's your heart set on today? Is it to do great exploits with God? My heart is to see believers engaged and faithfully present in all aspects of society, everywhere, sport, politics, education, education, Entertainment, whatever it is. You know, my my heart is that we have a we have a church, we have a body of believers who are who are are not in the safe place of the church. They're in the church to be equipped so that they can go and be faithfully present in the world. We come to church not to be fulfilled, we come to church to be prepared, so that when we go out we can be faithful in the ministry, we can be faithfully present so that when we go, we define the moment. The moment does not define us. funny we think that when we go into these places when we go into when we send our our people off into the entertainment industry we think that it's about changing the industry we think our job is about is to change the world we think uh, you know i believe that we've got a different job the world may be changed the industry may be changed in the process but i don't believe our call is to change things i think our call is to offer them peace our call of God is to be present faithfully, and what do we do? We offer people the peace of God. We don't need the burden of change. Jesus says, "I will build my church." We don't need the burden. We don't need to, the burden of of changing things. That burden belongs to the Lord. We we offer the peace of God, and we and here is the thing that I said before: we cannot offer what we do not have. We need the peace of God in our lives so that when we step into the unknown, what leaks out of us is peace. And if peace is not in you, you will look for peace in your surroundings. Where does your peace come from? Does it come from your surrounding or does it come from your Heavenly Father? Romans 5.1, Therefore we have been justified by faith. And we have what? We have peace with God. He doesn't say we will have peace with everyone else. We will have peace with God. Our God is our, our 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 job is not to 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 create peace. Our job is to have peace with God and offer it to the world in which we live. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How do we have it? We have it through faith. What's faith? Faith is simply forward motion in the direction of hope. Here's the problem with faith. The quality of your faith is linked to the quality of your hope. Where is your heart's desire? What do you? Where is your hope established? Where is your? Where is your heart set? What is your heart? I love that statement. Uh, my heart is set on something. We, you know, I always think my heart is set on. I was over in the new giant push bike shop the other day, you know, and my heart was set upon this beautiful machine there. It's a mini lycra that. Could match perfectly with it. What's your heart set on? Lycra is an adventure. You see, we have peace through Christ, right? Here's the thing that we that sometimes we don't understand. The peace of God is in you, but you don't feel that peace. Where do you where do you discover the peace? You discover the peace when you're climbing the mountain. You discover the peace of God when you're in the storm. You discover the foundation of your life when you're walking through the challenge. When the cyclone comes through, what what is left is the quality of the foundation that you have. We discover peace in the process. We may gain vision, we may gain wisdom, we may gain understanding, we may gain knowledge, but in between each of those things is the process. Why don't you say to the person next to you, it's okay, I'm in the process. (laughs) You see, when you're in the process, your task is not to just endure what is happening to you. Your task is not to endure what's happening to you. Your task is to persevere toward what's on the other side of that process. Process is the pathway to promotion. God is always looking to enlarge you. It says in, in Chronicles, my eyes of the Lord go to and fro, looking to those that He can strengthen. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to promote you. And where does He promote you? He allows you to go through the processes of life because that's where He forms in you character. And that's where, you know, that's, it takes perseverance in those times of suffering. And that's where He, he produces in you character and character produces in new hope. And when you have new hope, you can see new opportunities and that God can use you for greater things. God did not create you to sit in church. He created you to be present in the world. We sit in church because we need to We need to prepare ourselves, we need to remind ourselves, we need to encourage each other, we need to build each other up, so then when we go out, we are simply doing the work of the ministry, equipped and prepared, and no longer do the moments of life define us, that we go out and we define them. We don't step into atmospheres, we bring the atmosphere of heaven into the situations that we step into. The process is a place of transition. It's where you go from here to here. A transition, it's a tough time. We need some some anchors. We need need some things that can hold us as we walk through the challenge because we all know that when you're walking through the tough times, you experience different tensions. You experience different things that can can cause you to want to fight or to want to run. So we need peace in the process to deal with the tension that's there. We read that we have peace with God by faith through Jesus Christ. How do we have it? We have it through Jesus Christ. Jesus says, he told us himself, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. I'm the way you ought to follow, I'm the truth you ought to believe, I'm the life you ought to hope for. I'm the way that's unchangeable, I'm the truth that's infallible, and I'm the life that's eternal. he is the way the truth and the life and when you're going through the process this is the reminder that you need i am the way through the process i'm the answer to the process and i am the life on the other side of the process where is your hope established where is your where are you heading what's on the other side of the process that you're walking through right now we need christ present with us every step of the way we need him present with us because when he is present all things are possible. When I'm there by myself, not so much. How do we connect with him? We connect with him through prayer. In fact, Jesus says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Here's the problem with prayer. I, I don't know about you, but I grew up in in uh, church, the church world from a very young age. And, uh, Prayer was this kind of, you know, there was a lot of holding hands in prayer. Anyone go through the holding hands phase and there's, you know, you're holding hands as a sweaty old man and, and his hands are way too moist, you know. Or you're standing there and your girlfriend's on one side and your mate's on the other side and someone says, hold hands, and all of a sudden you interlock hands with the wrong person and you've got the, you know, that hand instead of, and it, it kind of takes the edge off what's really going on, doesn't it? And then you got the different types of prayer, and the, you know the people who pray different ways. You got the person who, who just says "God" through the prayer, "Oh God, Oh God," you know, "Father God, Father God," you know, "Help me, Lord, Father God," you know, and he doesn't actually say anything. He just says "Father God" a lot, and he sounds spiritual. And then you got the guy who says, "No, Lord, I need you to help me with a serious situation. That I'm in to break through, to get beyond this challenge that I'm having," and. And face the walls that are before me as I step into this new part of my life that is stretching me, you know, and you go, He hasn't said anything yet. So we get into this we get into our adult life when it comes to prayer and we go, I don't even know how to pray anymore. I've listened to these weird, you know, sweaty hand holding, interlocking, bizarre, you know, saying God's name. Wait, he's saying the Lord's saying, Hey, I know my name. I hear you. What do you want? Prayer makes us of, conscious of God's presence. I read this recently. Prayer calls for more than prayer time. It calls for attention to the scriptures. It calls for more than words. It calls for a change of mind and values. It calls for more than ritual. It calls for deep reflection. It calls for more than getting my prayers in. It requires that I get my heart steeped in the story of God. you see as we get to know God as we speak to him as we interact with him normally we don't need to learn technique we need to just we just need to talk to our heavenly father we need to present to him who we are and who he is and then we begin to hear his voice what does God's voice sound like it sounds like his word if you want to know if you're hearing from God read his word you'll get to know how he speaks and how he talks and as you as you as you get to know how he talks you will start to listen with more clarity and hear what he's saying and be able to acknowledge you know, the difference between your imagination and his voice the problem with all these challenges that we face is they come with these tensions and i want to suggest to you there's two key types of tension the first type of tension is emotional tension your emotions are speaking to you as you're walking through the challenge. The emotions want you to get out of there, or to take a different turn, or they they, they cause you to to feel based on the environment. And it's very easy to solve emotional tension. You just got to get out of the situation. You just leave it. When you leave the situation, the emotional tension stops for a time until it till it comes back again. But the problem is that when you do use that method, when you relieve the emotional tension, you also give up on the vision. God's saying, you know, He says in His Word that that in this world we will have trouble. In this world we will feel tension. We We will feel the emotion. He says in Psalm 4, He says, be angry but do not sin. We're going to feel it. He's saying you don't need to solve your emotions. Your emotions are just alerting you to your environment ah, there's an environment out there and it's alerting me to feel all these different things. They, are, they give us an awareness of other, of other people. They help us to be sensitive to other people's needs. They help us to be sensitive to situations, to, to what we're seeing and what we're hearing. Thomas Merton, the old, the, the old monk, said this. He said, souls are like athletes that need opponents worthy of them. If they are to be tried and extended and pushed to the full use of their powers and rewarded according to their capacity. The tension is good. You see there's another type of tension and it's called creative tension. Creative tension causes us to find a solution. It causes us to find a way through. It causes us to find a way alongside. It causes us to seek God. It causes us to get wisdom. It causes us to to find good counsel. It causes us to, to, to do what we need to do, to stay the course, to persevere so that our character can be enriched and our hope can be established beyond the process that we're in right now. I love the book of Job. That guy copped a beating, didn't he? Before we go to Job, I just want to say one thing. In life, process can be thrust upon you, challenge can be given to you, or you can actually go looking for it. I used the example of climbing a mountain before. It was a a suffering that, that we went looking for. But sometimes you may, have a, you may have a financial challenge or a relational challenge or a health challenge or and whatever it is. These, sometimes these challenges get thrust upon you. And, so, and we can't always solve the challenge. Sometimes we, we, like the Apostle Paul, you know, we walk alongside it. He prayed three times that the Lord would relieve him. And then he said, oh, well, that's okay because your grace is sufficient. Sometimes we need to get a revelation to help us continue alongside the challenge and not be dominated by it but i want to encourage you that if challenge if process has been thrust upon you don't let it be the only one in your life put yourself in an environment that causes you to grow that causes you to, to answer the creative tension questions because god wants us not to be people who who just simply have endurance he wants to, us to be people who are persevering towards something because generally the the uh, the process that gets thrust upon us the challenges that get put on our table these that sometimes these are more about endurance than they are about than they are about promotion and i want to encourage you to look for opportunities that you can be on an adventure with god sometimes they come together sometimes they don't. but be encouraged that god wants you to be on adventure with him and in that there will be some tribulation the king james version says there'll be some tribulation but don't worry the tribulation is producing in you perseverance and the perseverance is producing in you character and the character in you is persevering is is producing hope and i think of job now he he, he got everything taken away from him this guy. he got his family taken away he got his wealth taken away from him he got his his um, health taken away from him everything that you know the, the three big ones relationship health and wealth they're the three big ones that that mankind seeks in in everyday life you know he got all of them he was decimated in them all and he complained a little bit to god along the way and you know he didn't necessarily realize what was going on behind the scenes he didn't realize that that god was uh God was at work and he was allowing the enemy to, to have influence over his life. But I love what he says in Job 39, verse 19 to 25. Job's, Job's complains to God and, and then God says this. He says, do you give the horse its strength or clothe its neck with a flowing mane? Do you make it leap like a locust, striking terror with its proud snorting? It pauses fiercely, rejoicing in its strength and charges into the fray. It laughs at fear, afraid of nothing. It does not shy away from the sword. The quiver rattles against its side along with the flashing spear and lance. In frenzied excitement, it eats up the ground. It cannot stand still when the trumpet sounds. At the blast of the trumpet, it snorts. Ah! It catches the scent of battle from afar. The shout of commanders... And the battle cry. There is strength in you today. Sometimes our circumstances says there's no strength in us, but let me tell you, there is strength in you, and God gave it to you, and it is bigger than your circumstance. It is bigger than you can even imagine. You know, we talk about this abundant life. We talk about these the things of God. It is it is in you. And God is saying, "I want to do great exploits and things with you. All you need to do is to tap into Me instead of being instead of being um, instead of allowing moments to define you. You define those moments. You see, God is making preparations for what He sees in your future. He sees great things in your future. He sees you standing faithfully." present in society in his name for his glory. And he sees you as you stand there. He sees you offering his peace, that same peace that you have with him. He sees you offering it to those around you. Why don't you stand with me this morning? The beginning of the beginning of perseverance is having a peace that is bigger than whatever circumstance you're going to walk through next. Now when we give our life to Christ that peace comes upon us, it comes into us. but a lot of, there's a lot of things you know second Peter says he's already given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All these things are in us. They're they're in us and they're ready. And he wants us to begin to tap into those great things that are in us. He wants you to walk in his peace like you've never walked in it before. He wants you to stand tall, knowing that no matter what happens around you, your anchor is eternal. He wants you to know that he is the way through whatever you're walking through. He wants you to know, you know, that that he is the answer to whatever you're walking through. And he is the life on the other side of whatever you're walking through right now. This morning, you know, I want to encourage you to look for adventure with God. Look for opportunities that, that, that look risky right now, but as you prepare for them, you will go into them with confidence. What's ahead of you that you need to prepare for right now? What great things with God are ahead of you that you can prepare for right now? I just want to pray for it, for every person who, who would like it. I want to pray for, for God's peace to be revealed to you in a new way today. If you, want a, if you want an increased measure of God's peace, why don't you put your hand on your heart with me this morning and let me pray for you and let me encourage you. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your great sacrifice. We thank you that you have done great and mighty exploits all through the ages, Father. Lord, we want to walk with you. We want to be on an adventure with you. But we need your peace. Lord, we want to be able to offer your peace to those in our world, Father. We want to be able to leak the peace of heaven to humanity. But we first need to walk in it, Lord. So we this morning, we seek it of you, Lord. We thank you that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Lord, we seek your way. We seek your truth, Lord, and we seek your eternal life. And we ask that our peace be anchored in you this morning, Lord. We ask for fresh revelation this morning. We ask for fresh vision for every heart that has a hand on it this morning, Lord. I ask that you would pour fresh vision of your peace, fresh revelation of peace this morning, Lord. Soften hearts, renew minds, stretch capacities, give new dreams, give new visions, Lord. Stir up those hearts, Lord. Lord, as our hand is on our heart, Lord, we give ourselves over to an adventure with you. We just want to give you all the glory and all the praise.